and um, we're going to turn our Bibles to James chapter 1 this morning, and uh, we're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture, probably to, to many of us, and uh, hopefully at the, at the end of this, you'll be challenged to go to your Bible more and more, and and allow it to, to remind you about a couple of things. Because we're going to speak about forgetting who we are. And uh, you ever been around people that are just forgetful? And, you know, they, they always say that uh, the older you get, it's the memory goes first, right? And uh, who, who, can, um, who can attest to that? Anyone, anyone care to admit to that? My hand's up too, all right? But who, who already forgot the question? Anyone? Just... Uh, but we're going we're gonna to talk about um, how at times we can be like that as, uh, as Christians. And, and you understand that as, uh, as you get older, you do at times grow a bit more forgetful about some things. And it reminds me of a story about an elderly couple who were uh, be- beginning to forget little things around the house. And so they were afraid that, uh, that it could be a dangerous thing. And so they decided they, they should go to a physician, to a doctor, to get some help. And so... Their physician uh, told them that, that many people their age, and they shouldn't worry so much, you know, many people their age find it hard to remember things, and so it'd probably be best, they, they, they can't really do much about it, so it might just be best for them to write things down. And so the couple thought that this, uh, this was sound advice, so they went home and they decided, look, from now on, we're, gonna, we're just going to write some things down. We, we better just write everything that we, we speak about. And so they get home and the, the wife uh, looks over to the husband and says, um, could you please go to the kitchen and get me a dish of ice cream? And, and why don't you write that down like we've been advised so that you don't forget. And the husband looks at the wife and says, nonsense, I can, I can remember that. I can remember that. Well, the wife says, I- I'd also like some strawberries. Can you, can you just include strawberries with that? And the husband goes, yep, strawberries. And the wife says, oh, and... And I'd love, I'd love for that to be topped off with some whipped cream. So he's thinking, okay, yes, so ice cream, strawberries, whipped cream. And okay, dear, I'd li- I'll, I'll go and do that. And so he goes into the kitchen. And after a while, the, the husband comes back and, and shuts the kitchen door behind him. And he emerges from the kitchen 15 minutes later and comes up to the wife and gives her a plate of bacon and eggs. Then the wife looks at him and says, dear, you forgot something. You forgot the toast. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe some of, uh, some of us are at that stage. I hope uh, not too many of us. But, you know, you even heard of people who have, uh, who have amnesia. You know, they get a blow to the head and some, somehow they forget everything. And, and yet sometimes I think we can be like that as Christians. In, in the spiritual sense, we too are often forgetful of who we ought to be for Christ. And here in James chapter 1, look at verses 21 to 25. The Bible says something here about that. He says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And, and he's saying there that we, we ought to put away some things to lay those things apart. And to take in the Word of God, and he says this in verse 22, a familiar verse, but be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. 
So he's saying here, it's, it's no use for you receiving that word and hearing it if you're not going to be a doer of the word also. And he says in verse 23, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's going to liken it to something. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. That's a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway, notice here, forgetteth what manner of man he was. So he's saying here, uh, uh, one who is a hearer only and not a doer of the word is like someone going to a mirror, looks at himself, and then, and then straightway forgets what manner of man he was, uh, forgets what he just saw, uh, forgets maybe if there was a blemish, forgets maybe if he had some hair out of place, or, or, or he had forgotten to, to button up his shirt, or wherever else the, the case is, he forgets. Says what manner of man he was, but then notice verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. He's saying this person who will be a doer of the of the of the word and not a hearer only is like someone who's not who's not a forgetful hearer. Who, who will who'll not just forget those things that he is and those things that he ought to be. And in fact, because of that, his deeds or his actions or his way or his path will be blessed. And I think all of us here today, uh, we desire to have and be blessed by the Lord. We, we desire for God to, to just go with us. And part of that is this, that, that we are not to be forgetful hearers. That, that in order to do that, to be uh, to be the kind of people that God will, will continually bless, that, that we would be the kind of people who won't be forgetful. And, and so this morning, I'll, I just want to give you perhaps some reasons why we are forgetful, that we, we can become forgetful here, and, and how, uh, what detriment that is, and then also be reminded then that we need to be the kind of uh, Christians that are not hearers only, but doers as well. Let's, let's ask the Lord to bless our time. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you today and we just want to thank you, dear Lord, for all your goodness and grace. And, and really, Father, we are, all of us here, uh, to some degree, prone to this. And uh, Lord, even as I think about and consider myself, I understand that, uh, Lord, sometimes there's many things that you've taught me, that you've taught us, that, Lord, we've forgotten. That, Lord, perhaps in uh, in, in the journey of life, we've just, we've just become for, forgetful hearers. So I pray that you'd help us this morning to, to consider the things that we're going to learn from your word. And Lord, I pray that you'd challenge us about that. And Lord, as we head into this time, we ask for your enabling. Lord, as we hear, I pray that you'd help us to make application. And then Father, I pray that you just would help us then to be doers of it. Lord, I ask for your enabling. I ask for your, your blessing even upon our time. For with it, Lord, we want to glorify and honor your holy name. So we pray these things in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And um, here's how we start to forget who we are. Firstly, we note there that we forget when we don't exercise what we know. When we don't exercise what we know. And in verses 22 to 24, there's a challenge there given us, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So he's saying there that if you're not a doer of those things that you hear, you're deceiving yourselves. Then he says in verse 20, 23, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, 
And there he likens a man beholding his natural face in a glass. And so a person who looks at the mirror and then straightway forgets who he is. And, and you know, someone, uh, many of you w- would say this, that, that repetition is the key to learning. And, and many times we, we consider that and, and, and we, we hear repetitively, don't we? The same things from the Word of God over and over again. We repeat, uh, we, we put on repeat, we, we, we continually hear at times what the, what the preacher will say, even from this passage of Scripture, even from different passages of Scripture, and we say repetition is the key to learning. But really beyond that, actually application is the key to learning. It's the doing of it, it's the exercising of it that is really the key to truly learning our lessons from the Word of God, from, from the things that we know uh, that we ought to be. And, and, and you know, in any other uh, part of life, you, you, you do that. We, uh, I just mentioned that on Friday night, we, we had, a, we had a, a youth activity and we, we played indoor soccer, we played some volleyball. And I'm telling you, uh, there were times in my, in my life, especially as a young person, that I was very apt to, that, to those sports. I, I played soccer a lot. I played volleyball. I was on those teams in my school. And so those kind of movements came naturally to me. But listen, on Friday night, they did not come naturally to me. All right, if, if you see me hobbling a little bit, it's because I'm sore. All right, my right leg especially had to stretch different angles that hasn't been stretched like that in a while. But what, what it was, it's, it's, it's a lack of application. You know, even if you're, you're good at something and you, you stop to you stop doing that thing that you're good at, you're going to eventually find yourself having to recalibrate and relearn even those things. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, if you think about this area of mathematics, now any, any, any fan of maths here? Any, anyone love maths? Oh, only a handful of you. Well done. Well done. Uh, I'll send my children to you when they ask uh, another question. But, but you know, I, I remember I was fairly good at maths. I did three-unit maths, if any of you... No, that I know I, we, we could have done four, but, but it was just too much for me, all right? But did three-unit maths, but I look at some of those problems now, and I've kept some of my HSC papers, and I look at it, and it's like gibberish to me. You know why? Because I'm in, not in the habit of exercising what I know. It's somewhere in there. If I dug deep enough, and I exercise that again, and if I reuse those muscles that I was speaking about, in regard to those sports, again, I could probably get back into it because I have muscle memory or I have knowledge memory of those things. But, but over time, because I've forgotten, I've neglected to exercise those things that I know about those areas, then I've, become, I've forgotten how to do those things. I've forgotten how to, how to, how to apply myself in those areas. And, and we can be so much like that when it comes to the Christian life. We become forgetful because really in the first place, we don't exercise what we know. We've been fed it. We've been given it. We've been enlightened by the Word of God. We've been taught through preaching. We've been taught through teaching. We've been given through discipleship. You've been given resources. And if we don't use it, then really in the Christian life, we lose it. And we don't exercise what we know. Sometimes we... 
we, we tend to think that, that if we just know it, then that's all that matters. And yet the Bible tells us, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and we'll turn to several uh, places of Scripture this morning, but look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8, where the Bible tells us, now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. So all of us have knowledge. We all know things. We've all been, been given things. And he says we all have knowledge. But then he says this knowledge puffeth up. But charity edifieth or buildeth up. Charity is that actionable, uh, actionable love. Those things that we know, that we enact, that we do. Those things that, that God has given us of truth that, that we are to apply and to, to in wisdom, uh, to live out in our lives. And then he says, if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth yet nothing yet as he ought to know. And what he's saying there is that, that there's some things that we know that we must continually exercise that we must continually apply, that we must, have, uh, that we must have application for. Why? Because in a spiritual sense, we become forgetful when we don't use what we know. In a spiritual sense, we either use it or lose it. And, you know, the world is too full of, uh, full of too many Christians who know it all, but don't do anything with what they know. You see, the, the imperative here is given us, don't just be a hearer of the Word. It's not just about sitting here and listening. Will you retain these things that we're speaking about? No, it's not just in the repetition of it. It's in the application of it. It's actually in the doing of it. And so he's saying here, firstly, we become forgetful hearers because we don't exercise what we know. He's saying here, be ye hearers of the Word. Be ye not only hearers of the word, be doers of the word also. And I think there's several reasons why we don't exercise what we, we know. Firstly, we don't exercise what we know, firstly because of just this refusal. We're just disobedient. We know it, we just won't do it. We know to be, uh, to be faithful in that area. We, we know and it's clear from Scripture that we ought to be a witness for Christ. We know and it's clear in Scripture that, that we ought to do this and do that and be this way and be that way. And the reason why we end up being a forgetful hearer is because we just refuse to do it. We're just disobedient. In Proverbs 10, 17, the Bible tells us He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction. But he that refuseth reproof erreth. You know, it's amazing, isn't it, that, that, that as we observe our lives and we can observe others' lives, that, that, uh, that for some that probably sat where you sat and you, they heard the same messages that you heard, that their lives are far different. Their lives are, are far uh, perhaps uh, taken away and, 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 and it has come to a, a place of error in their lives. And, and you know, the real difference is this, that perhaps by the grace of God, and by, by maybe those encouraging you around you, that you, you've been obedient, you've been faithful, you've done what you know, and those that, that, that heard what you heard just refused. They, they just went another way. They, they just disobeyed those clear things that God has given us. In, in Proverbs 8.33, hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. And so all of us here this morning, we have a choice. You know, as we, whenever we have time, uh, in the Word of God, whenever we have instruction from the Word of God, then we have a choice right there. We have a choice to really take that in and be a doer of it 
or you can look at that and, and then just blatantly refuse it. But then secondly, perhaps it's just a lack of retention. In the sense of this, the Bible tells us in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And I'm not just speaking about memorizing scripture here. He's saying meditate. You know, the, the way to retain things is to understand it, to, to take it in and to really take, uh, really understand and know those things. You know, uh, no doubt there's, there's some of you here to, this morning who've read the Bible over and over again. You, maybe you've read it more than I have. Maybe you've read it uh, through each year that you've lived, and that's a great thing. But listen, if you're just reading it for reading's sake, and you're just reading it without truly understanding and truly digging deep and truly retaining that knowledge, then listen, it'll come to naught. You know, why is it? Do you know what you believe? But more importantly, do you know why you believe it? That's part of retention. One of our teenagers was asking me, I think a couple of weeks ago, she was asking, how do you memorize? I've got, I've got some public speaking um, things, for projects and things that I've got to do, uh, presentations at school. How do, you, how do you memorize your speeches? And I think she was talking about my preaching. But um, she was, how do you do that? And I told her, well, really the key to retaining something is understanding it. It's meditating on that. And meditating isn't just looking at it and reading it. No, it's understanding. It's thinking through. It's, it's regurgitating that verse or those verses or those thoughts in through your mind. And, and sometimes the reason why we, we, we are forgetful here is and we're not exercising what we know. It's because it's just gone in one ear and out the other. We, we've not, you know, we've not, we've not meditated on it. We've not thought deeply about it. Uh, I, I wonder how many of us are in, the, are in the habit or in the exercise of talking through perhaps with your spouse or perhaps with a, a colleague a fellow church member about the message or things that you're learning in the Word of God. I wonder if we're doing that for edification, for understanding. I wonder when you go through lessons and, and, and some of you, you're enrolling for, for Bible Institute and we're going to learn some things that, that hopefully you will retain, but you're going to retain it if you understand it. If you're just going to take the time to retain. All right, and he's saying this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. He's saying, speak about it. Let, it. let it simmer in there. Let it, let it marinate in your heart. In Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. And, and that is a, an imperative there to memorize. That's a, a great thing to do, but don't just memorize for memorizing's sake. Thy word have I hid in mine heart. That, that means it's deep in there. That, that means it's not just rote where you, you repeat it Without meaning, no, it's in there, it's hidden. When you hide something, it's, it just it almost becomes part of the fabric of that. And he's saying, it's hidden my heart. In Ecclesiastes 5.1, he says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. And he's saying there that be more ready to hear. And part of re retention is, is this firstly, is receiving it. 
you know, it's, it's about being ready to hear, being ready to listen. You know, what I found when I went to university was there were days where I just wasn't ready to listen. I just was sitting there and the, the, the lecturer, maybe like how some of you are feeling right now, the lecturer was just going on and on and on and on. And it just wasn't registering. My mind was elsewhere. You know, my, my mind was, was anywhere but that, that lecture room. And I just wasn't ready. You know, that, that sense of ready there means prepared. It means that, that they've just, they've come and, and rested. They've, they've, they've put their thinking caps on. In our situation here as, as, as people of God, we've prepared our hearts. We've made sure that any, any issues there that, that, that we have between us and God, we've, we've confessed that, we've gotten that right. We've made sure there's no hindrances in our hearts and our minds that, that we put that away and we're just ready to hear. And the reason why at times we're just not exercising what we know is there's a lack of retention. Maybe firstly there's a refusal, but then secondly maybe a lack of retention. But then thirdly, maybe it's just this, a lack of regard. You see, the, the reason why we ought to listen, the, the reason why we ought to be a hearer of the Word and then a doer of the Word, because it is the Word. It's the Word of God. It's the Bible. It's not about the style or the, or the, the way that the, the message is communicated. That, that ought to help. That ought to be the, the person up here who's, who's preaching ought to have studied and ought to be communicating in a clear way. I understand that. But listen, when it comes down to it, ultimately, we're giving our regard not just to the person, but really ultimately to the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And sometimes the reason why the reason why we don't exercise what we know and we become a forgetful hearer is because we have a lack of regard for the Word of God. In Ecclesiastes 8.2, it says, I counsel thee to keep the king's commandments and that in regard of the oath of God. In Job 23.12, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. He says, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And, and Job had this attitude that, that you know, it, when it comes down to it, I would rather hear the word of God than rather feed myself. And, and sometimes we forget that, that, you know, that, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That this is our necessary food, the Bible. And why is it then that, that sometimes, again, we hear the same messages or we read the same Bible and it just seems to be the output of that life is so different. And maybe it's this, there's just a lack of regard for the Word of God. A lack of esteem. And we see it. And maybe we, it's been a while. Maybe it's been since last week since you last opened the Word of God. Maybe you've just not fed upon it. Maybe you've just not been instructed by it. You've had a lack of regard. It's not been a priority. It's not been something that you just uh, would put first in your day, that you would ensure that you made time for, that you would ensure that whatever God would choose to show you that day would be applicable, would be something that you practice, that, that there wouldn't be something that you just ignore, that it wouldn't be just a book that gathers dust on that bookshelf, that it's not just something that you pick up once a week, but it's something that you so regard you can't live without it every day you just can't you must that's why he says it's, it, he's esteemed it more than his necessary food and I look around here I don't see anyone starving this morning 
I don't see anyone that looks, uh, looks malnourished. I, I see all of us here, especially in our society, in our, in, in our place of living here in this great land of Australia, we've got so much benefit. We've got food in our bellies today. Some of us, we, we're going to get more food in our bellies later. And yet we regard that sometimes more necessary than our actual necessary food, the Word of God. The instruction. I love, love seeing my children learn more uh, about the Bible. They were, uh, Vicky was sharing to me, I said, Dad, I know what Bible stands for now. I was like, what is it? Basic instructions before leaving earth. And they were getting taught about how the Bible is a book of instruction to them. And, you know, sometimes we look at that, oh, that's such a great truth for children. Listen, no, it's a great truth for all of us. It's necessary. And sometimes the reason why we become forgetful here is we don't exercise what we know is maybe this. We actually don't know. We've refused it. Maybe there's a lack of retention, but then maybe there's just a lack of regard. We're not actually studying. See, the Bible tells us to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But it's a workman's job. It's hard work at times. And yet sometimes we're, so, we're disregarding the word of God. And I wonder, again, if we've been exercising what we know. I wonder if this, this week you made a conscious choice, and it is a conscious choice, to exercise what we know. It doesn't just happen accidentally. You know, you just don't wake up one morning and just roll into it. No, you, you purposely, you've got to choose. You've got to purposely uh, choose to, to live and exercise the things that you know. And Christian, I think all of us here, you, you know what you ought to be. We know some things. And here's the challenge, live it. Do it. And you won't be a forgetful hearer. But then so, secondly, the reason why we're forgetful we can be forgetful is we don't examine ourselves regularly. We don't actually come to the mirror regularly. And, and this sort of goes with the, the thought of regard. But we don't, we don't examine ourselves regularly. You know, I, I, would, I would hasten to guess that all of us here, we looked at a mirror at least once a week this week. I admit it, some of you more than once a week. Okay, some of you more than once every morning, all right? You look in the mirror. You make sure everything's adjusted right. Okay, you make sure that there's nothing in your teeth before you go out. All right, you, you look in the rearview mirror to, to check that. You, you, you go and you check yourself before you head out for the day. Make sure that everything's in place. And yet, the, the, the thing is this, when it comes to our spiritual life, we don't regularly examine. We're not going to the perfect law of liberty, the perfect mirror that truly shows us what we really are. And that's why there's sometimes there's just deception about, are we really that? You know, if, you, if, you're, if you're regularly examining yourself according to the Word of God, you know what it will produce in our lives? It will produce Christ-likeness. It will produce something that will, will be like Christ. There's going to be humility. There will be holiness. And the key constant is looking into the mirror of God's Word. He says it there in, in verses 24 to 25, For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, 
and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and notice this, and continueth therein. It's a habit. It's a manner of life. It's a, it's a continuance of that. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his doing. And secondly, we don't, the, the reason why we, we become forgetful hearers is because we don't examine ourselves regularly. See, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 4.9, Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. In Deuteronomy 4.23, says, Take heed unto yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God. And what he's saying here is take heed to yourselves, constantly remind yourselves. And we need to constantly examine ourselves according to the mirror of the Word of God. You know, all of us here, we, we constantly do that from a physical sense. We're making sure we don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to be embarrassed when we head out that, you know, maybe our tie's crooked. Maybe, maybe our, our clothes don't match. Maybe our hair is out of place. We want to make sure we're presentable. We, we don't just head out and, and, and not caring how we appear because it, it really is a reflection of, of our preparation. We don't want to head into our day that way. But so often... We don't examine ourselves according to the perfect mirror of God's Word, and therefore we're not adjusted. Therefore, we're, there's those things that are left that, that we've never noticed about ourselves. We, we don't notice those because we're not going regularly to examine ourselves. Sometimes we, we treat the, the mirror of God's Word like it's meant to be a reflection of everyone else, but really it should be a reflection of us. We should be examining ourselves. David, so often, he said, cleanse me and know me. See if there be any wicked way in me. And, and, and you know, sometimes we can, we can be so fearful, really, and perhaps just would be rather ignorant about our, our actual condition. We'd rather judge everyone else with that mirror. Or it could be this. It could be that we're going to other mirrors. You ever been to a, to a circus or, a, or a, a fun house with your children? You ever been to those funny, funny mirrors? You know, you look at that and, and um, some of those mirrors I really like. You just look skinnier in those, right? All, all of the change room mirrors, it's a conspiracy. All right? You just look better in change room mirrors, but... You could look at a funhouse mirror and, and they warp you. They, they sort of skew you. They, they sort of sh show a perspective of you that's not really you. And you know, the world will offer different mirrors to you. Different mirrors that will show you different things and skew your perspective and, and really twist your view of yourself. And there's several mirrors, and, and we won't touch on all of them, but, but sometimes the reason why we don't regularly examine ourselves According to the perfect law of liberty, the, the perfect mirror, it's because we're going elsewhere for it. We're going elsewhere to look. We're going elsewhere for our judgment. We're going elsewhere to see if we, if we are okay. And some other mirrors we use is, is this, firstly, peer comparison. The mirror of peer comparison. We, rather than looking at a mirror of ourselves, we're looking at the mirror of someone else. 
and we're trying to match up to someone else. We're trying to match up to our neighbors. We're trying to match up to our, uh, to our friends. We're trying to match up to, our, uh, to, to those in society that are labeled successful. We're, we're trying to match up to that. And, and yet the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, that we comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, we're not wise. We're not wise. And sometimes we look at our, that, that, that mirror of peer comparison. And you know what that is? It's a funny mirror. It, it'll skew your perspective. It's not going to actually show you how you really look and what you really are. You're going to compare yourself and, and rather than being conformed to the image of His dear Son, whom you will see in the perfect law of liberty, you're going to start to compare yourself to everyone else. And as long as you measure up to someone else, you think you're fine. You think your life is adjusted. You think that you're, you're prepared for the day. But the reality is this, you're not. The reality is that's a, that's, that's a mirror that will fool you. Because no one else is perfect. Because no one else has arrived. Because everyone else is in the same boat as you. We're all a mess. We all need grace. We all need, we all need adjusting accordingly. And if we just continually compare ourselves to others, then what will happen if we're just looking at that mirror? Is you're just, it's, you're just not going to... You're going to miss some things about you. I'm going to miss some things about me. And it's so, so prevalent in our society where, you, you know, you look, at, you, look at the, you look at everyone else's feeds. You look at the, the picture-perfect Instagram life of others. And you start to just look at, look at your own life and you devalue your own life. Well, that's not, God's, that's not how God views you. You want to see what God, how God views you. You want to go to the perfect law of liberty, that perfect mirror. And suddenly we're comparing ourselves amongst ourselves and we're not wise. Maybe it's this. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Maybe you're looking in the mirror of peer comparison. But maybe you're looking in the mirror of worldly philosophy. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at verses 13 to 16. He says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Notice this, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then he challenges us as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the formal lusts in your ignorance. You know, it's formal lusts. Why? Because when we've been saved, we've been made new creatures in Christ. So those things, the, the, the things of the world, they're no longer us. Those are former. Those things that the, the world clamored for, were ambitious for, are desirous of, that's no longer us. We're new creatures in Christ. And so that philosophy, that mindset, we ought not to be fashioned by that. And again, it's, it's, that, it's, it's looking into that. Sometimes we look into the mirror of that. And he goes on, he says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy. In all manner of conversation, that's your, that's your uh, manner of life, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. He's saying, be, be set apart, be pure, be right before His sight. And, and he's, saying, uh, he's saying there that, that don't, don't be fashioned by the formal lusts. Don't be uh, fashioned by those things that, the, that, that was you, that you are no longer. And so often, we, don't we, 
we walk after the flesh, when we've been given victory over the flesh, and we walk after the former, as if that's a thing to clamor for, as if, but, but really, it's what our mirror, if you're using that mirror, will inform you about. If you look at that mirror, then, then you're going to be misled. If you look at that mirror, then, then you're going to be deceived that, that there's no absolute truth. You're going to be deceived into thinking that, that perhaps uh, you're just another, uh, another uh, organism, another animal that just goes through and, and just follows after uh, those, those inner senses, those, those things that are, uh, that are just driven by these lusts inside. And, and we better take great care because God has rescued us from that. And yet so often we clamor for those things. You know why? Because we're so busy looking at that mirror. We're looking for, the, for, for those trends and we want to make sure we match up to that. We're looking for those, uh, the, that, the, those markers of success that that mirror indicates and we want to measure up to that. And listen, that's a, that's a false mirror. But really... When it comes down to it, it just there's the mirror of self-deception. Sometimes we just tell ourselves what we want to see. And yet the Bible tells us about us that, that our heart is decept- it's, it's desperate above all things. And it's deceptive. And that we can't trust our heart. The Bible tells us there are many devices in a man's heart. But he then says, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. And sometimes we deceive ourselves. We, we try to, we tell ourselves that, that we're fine, that we, we, we will be, we'll be okay. And yet we see that in Jeremiah tw- chapter 23, if you quickly turn there. Look at Jeremiah chapter 23. And we can tell ourselves some things. And if we constantly look at the mirror of self, there's, there's going to be deception there. And we'll either be deceived into thinking that, that everything is great and that we're perfect, that there's no need for adjustment, that there's no need for correction, that there's no need for reproof or rebuke, or we're going to look at that and we're just going to see our failings and, our, and, our, and all of those things that we are, uh, we are lacking and we become condemning. And we see this, look at Jeremiah 23, 26. He says this, How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit, notice this, of their own heart. And these were prophets that, you know, we could look at and go, boy, they, they, were, they were something. But even these prophets, they were deceived by their own heart. Notice verse 27, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams which they tell every man to his neighbor as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. And they were self-deceived. They were self-deceived. It was self-deception. Their heart had deceived them. That's why the Bible tells us, let any man that thinketh that, that he standeth take heed, lest he fall. That's why in our own pride, we should never think that we've arrived spiritually, that somehow everyone else will fall for that, but not me. That somehow that we have no need of, of God's instruction anymore. That somehow, oh, everyone else it just seems to be falling for that, but not me. Listen, 
Put that pride away. Put it away. None of us have apprehended. All of us here are still in need of Christ. And if we're not continually going to that perfect law of liberty, then what we're doing is we're deceiving ourselves. We've deceived ourselves into thinking, I don't need that. Well, look at me, I'm, I'm, I've made it. And we don't examine ourselves regularly in the right mirror, the perfect law of liberty. And God is challenging us to look, to, to look at that perfect law of liberty. Not, not to compare ourselves amongst ourselves, that's not wise. Not to be fashioned after the formal lusts. Not, not to be deceived of our own selves. He's saying, look. Look into that perfect law of liberty. Make sure that, that who you measure yourself with is, is, is the thing that is right. In Romans 7, 7, the Bible tells us, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. And you know what the Bible will show us is the, the Bible will correct us when there's just wrong in our lives. It'll define it. It'll show us. You know, sometimes we look at something and we don't really know what we're looking at. You, 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 you look at something and you, you're sort of, maybe you're curious about it or maybe it looks out of place, but we don't know. The Bible will clearly show us when there's a blemish. It'll show us when we're not Right? It'll correct us. And God will use His Word so often to just pinpoint that thing that is out of place in our lives. That thing that, that we no longer uh, should be subject to. That thing that we should no longer uh, be, uh, have, uh, um, have in our lives and we need to cut it away. And you see, too often, I think we live with a skewed view of ourselves. Why? Because we've not looked regularly. And we've not allowed the Word of God to examine us like that mirror that really shows us. And there are dangers if we are going to forget who we are. There's going to be several dangers. Firstly, if we forget who we are, then we're going to forget that God saved. We're going to forget what God saved us from. And we're going to become unthankful. Hey, can I remind you? Can I remind you this morning that God saved you from your sin? If you're saved here, none of us deserved salvation. None of us. The Bible tells us in Psalm 40 verse two, verses 2 and 3, He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And He set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. And many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. But He brought us out out of that miry clay. Listen, the, the miry clay of sin had a hold on you. It had made you stuck. And yet God had reached down. And, and if, forget, if we forget the, the manner of people we were as sinners without Christ, you know what we can become? We can become unthankful. We can forget what God has saved us from. We can take for granted the life that God has given us in Him. We can become unthankful. Secondly, if we forget who we are, we forget what God saved us to be, and we become defeated. 
hey, listen, you know, all of us here, we still have this old nature to deal with. But the Bible tells us that, that, that he's defeated sin, that, that we no longer need to live therein. And we can forget, and, and sometimes we continue in sin, and God's looking at us, and we say, you know, God, uh, you know, um, you know uh, Christian, I've already defeated that. I've already given you victory over that. And I think about these verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the Lord. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And listen, he's saying he's given us victory. He's tell, he told us that we are more than conquerors in Christ. He, he's told us that we no longer need to uh, have that sin. And, and listen, if you're struggling this morning, and if you're going through some battles, can I just remind you, perhaps you've forgotten this morning, that God has saved you, saved you from that. And God has given you the ability to overcome that. And if you're struggling with, with that sin in your life, then God is saying, if you confess your sins... He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and, is, uh, and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And listen, we can forget. When, when, we, when we forget who we are, we can forget what Christ has saved us to be. And we, became, we can become defeated. Thirdly, we can forget, if we forget who we are, we forget that God, what God saved us as and we become prideful. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And last scripture we'll turn to, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And notice verses 9 to 11. He says here, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Notice this again. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And you're saying, Phew. That's a pretty heavy list. I'm glad that's not me. But then he says, but such were some of you. And he's saying, we're all sinners. We, we were all condemned. We were all under judgment. We were all undeserving. We were all under, we, we had, we, our sin was, was a, a great a controversy in the sight of God. We were all guilty of that. And yet he saved us as those and sometimes when we forget, you know what results? We become prideful. We start to look down on everyone else in the world. And we start to look down at those who are struggling with sin. We start to look down and we start to, and you know what we've done? We've forgotten. We've forgotten who we were before Christ saved us. Even our good works, they were as filthy rags. You know, how dare we sometimes look down on others who maybe are struggling? They just can't help it. They're just they're sinners. They're lost. They can't help but sin. And we condemn them. And we hold back the, the, the word of God that, that will help them. And we, we, we berate them at times. And, and even those who have immaturity, we look at them and, and we forget what God has done in our lives. 
hey, listen, there's no room for that. That's pride. It's just self-righteousness that you're showing there. Listen, we're not for grace. If it wasn't for grace, we'd all be the same. We'd all be in that situation. And listen, don't ever think that somehow you worked your way and deserved it. Listen, none of us did. It's, it's His. He's the one that began the good work. He's the one that will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And He's the one, just by His enabling, are we able to, to, to overcome. And, and we forget what God saved us as. And we become prideful. And then lastly, we forget what God saved us to do. And we become apathetic. You know, if you're not regularly in the, the Word of God, those things, we can become forgetful hearers. And we forget what manner of people we ought to be. Can I remind you, Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Listen, the reason why God saved you was so that you could do something for Him. Hey, prior to that, prior to that, we, we couldn't do anything. All our, all, our, all our good works even were just filthy rags. All of those things were just to be cast off. They, they just amounted to nothing. But listen, now that you're saved, if you are saved, God has called you to be something. He's called you to be a workmanship created unto Him for good works. He's, he's called you to be a worker. He's called you to be a soldier. He's called you to be a servant. He's called you be, to be sons and daughters. He's called you to be a saint. He, he's called you to be a light. He's called you to be salt. He, he's called you to be, uh, to be one of His uh, creatures. He's called you uh, to a life of holiness. He's called you to a life of faithful service. He's called you to be a steward of all that He's given you. And yet, so many times we've forgotten why. We've become apathetic. Why? Because we're not going regularly. And we're not exercising what we already know. And listen, church, um, we could spend uh, every Sunday, and we will be opening the Word of God and being instructed by it. But we can also, at that point, we can choose. Will we be a doer of the Word and not only a hearer? Will we be the type of people who leave these doors and won't be a forgetful hearer? Will we be the type of people that once we were instructed, we exercise what we know then? And then will we go to this mirror, this perfect law of liberty, and constantly adjust, constantly be instructed, constantly be, be shown what manner of men and women we are? And may we then adjust accordingly as He shows us. You know, don't, don't you just love it when you remember something important just in the nick of time? And sometimes we just have to remember what we know and do it. Sometimes we need just to remember to look often in the mirror of God's Word and apply it. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the, the opportunity that we've had this morning again. Lord, just to be reminded about such a simple truth. And that is, Lord, that your desire is not only are we to be hearers of the word, 
but doers of it. I pray, Father, that you'd help us, Lord, not to be like that man that you likened to someone who is a hearer only and straightway forgets who they are, forgets what they ought to be. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we head into the, the, the rest of our day and then into the week, Lord, to be often at the mirror of your word. Father, help us this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Let's have the piano begin to play. And we're going to have our time of invitation this morning. And perhaps this morning, you're not saved. If I were to ask you this question, if you were to die today, would you know for sure that your sins are forgiven, that heaven's your home? And let me just tell you, if you looked in the, the mirror of God's word, that the word of God will tell you that you're a sinner. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That no matter how good we are in comparison to others, we fall short of His perfect standard, His perfect law. In fact, He tells us in His Word, and we're going to see, you're going to see it if you look into that mirror, that if we offend in one point, then we've offended in all. And so perhaps you're here this morning and, and now you realize that. But then He's also going to show you in His, in His Word that He loved you so much that He gave Himself knowing full well that you're a sinner. And He took your punishment on the cross. And if you were to call upon Him and to trust Him as your Savior, then you can be saved. You can be forgiven of your sins. And the Bible tells us it's by grace that we're saved. Not through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. It's not how good you are. It's not how good you think you are. It's about trusting Jesus Christ for that gift of salvation. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're, that's you, if you've never been saved, you've never come to a point of accepting, accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, just with an uplifted hand, let me just pray for you this morning. Anyone here this morning? I'm not sure I'm saved. There's never been a time I've accepted Christ as my Savior. Anyone this morning? Just with an uplifted hand. I don't see any hands. I pray that pray that's true. And then church, can I just ask you how how are, how are you doing? How are you doing looking into the perfect law of liberty? Have you become a forgetful hero? So anyone this morning, just with an uplifted hand, just say, Pastor, pray, just pray for me. God's reminded me about a couple of things this morning. Just with an uplifted hand, just one pray. Pray for you. Thank you. I'll pray for you. Anyone else? I see those hands. Anyone else this morning? See those hands there. Pastor, just pray for me. God spoke into my heart this morning. Anyone else? See that hand there. Thank you. See that hand. Well, let's all stand to our feet. No one looking around. If you raise your hand, I want to invite you to come to this altar and pray. Maybe you would just ask the Lord to, to search your heart this morning. Maybe it's been a while since you've gone to that perfect law of liberty. And you haven't been coming regularly. Why don't you come this morning? If you raise your hand, I want to I ask you to come as, you, as the piano plays. Let's have this time of prayer together.